So here we go. Uh, the Masjid life, I'm telling you, is the best life. Today we have a pizza party for the Hivs Academy. Like a, a second aid party for the Hivs Academy students because we need to produce Huffad. That's what we need. We need a lot of Huffad. And whenever you have kids reciting Quran, the Rahmah comes down. You have a healthy Islamic community if you have that. Not even kids. I'm, I'm, I signed up because I want to finish my Hivs, inshallah. Today we're on Surah Al-Kafirun, and then we're also doing open Q&A, right? So we're on open Q&A at the same time. All right, before we begin, our sponsors. Ryan, you ready for this? Our number one sponsor is you all, patreon.com backslash Safina Society. That's how we're going to keep this operation up and running. Patreon.com backslash Safina Society is how we are uh, upkeeping this operation. And so be part of that, inshallah ta'ala, if you can support us with whatever you can support us with, that would be an excellent thing and a good deed. Uh, and inshallah, a sadaqah, jariah for you. And then we will have Mecca books. Wherever we need books, we always go straight to Mecca books. Okay? And so go to meccabooks.com for your source on traditional knowledge. And then if you need a tutor... Okay, if you need a tutor for anything, online, on-site, if you need a tutor for city planning, for SATs, for ACTs, hey, uh, what, do you, what degree are you doing? Are you doing, uh, uh, yeah, are you planning to graduate high school? You're going to take the, uh, what do they call it, GED, because they can offer GED, too. You're graduating high school, okay. You got the GED. Any test, MCAT, nursing exams, you go to, professors121.com alright and then if you want to take our online classes go to arcview.org arcview, my arcview will both take you to the same website and then classes are, are up and running very soon next topic today so uh, is to get straight into Surah Al-Kafirun and then to go into our open Q&A okay. open Q&A which is always fun to do open Q&A. And it's long. People love to talk and people love to bring their Q&A. Right. Hey, could you find that thing and stick it in here? Nazalat Surat Al-Kafirun fi rahtim min Quraysh Al-Harith ibn Qais and other Quraysh they came to the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with a deal. And this is always important to know that when you have a rival, when you have an enemy and that enemy just you're giving him a hard time and they can't, give me some slack here, uh, and you can't, they can't deal with you, that enemy will always try to do something like broker a deal. And that's what the Quraysh did. Now, when your enemy and when your opponent is trying to broker a deal, that's always a good sign. That means you're making headway and they can't, they can't, they can't stop you anymore. So what's the deal? The deal was, Ya Muhammad, halumma, fattabi'a deenana wa nattabi'a Let's, we'll follow your deen, you follow our deen. Okay? Reaction towards anything is based, always based upon how intense the people's belief in it is. If you, if, we always make fun of, you know, certain people who care so much about something that, that we don't think is a big deal. We're like, oh, who cares? What's a big deal? Like, uh, usually, maybe, maybe sometimes when people are like sugar-free. I'm like, sometimes you find it a little bit excessive. You're like, all right, I'll be sugar-free five days a week. Or something like that. Because it's not a big deal to you. Politics. We just brush it off sometimes because we hate it. 
people who love politics, they're they're will get a divorce, right? If their spouse follows a different political view, they won't even talk to you if you have a different political view. Well, we take Dean seriously, right? Like we have idea, we have a creator and we have a prophet. We take that extremely serious. So the idea here is that they they're not taking this thing so seriously. To them, it's just it's a political hassle. It's an economic hassle because the Prophet Sallallahu is cursing their gods, right? It's an economic hassle for them. It's something that's that's a problem for them. So their gods is their business. Their business is that people come in and they uh, follow their deen, okay? Uh, and worship their worship their idols and bring goods to Mecca and buy goods from Mecca. They in Arabia they didn't all go to Yemen and Syria for trade. Most of the Arabs didn't do that. They came to Mecca to get those goods, and they come and bring their own ethnic, cultural, whatever their stuff that they sowed, their animals, their unique things that they put together in their villages. They brought that to Mecca, and then the Meccan took took all that stuff. And they were the chief merchants to go up to Syria and down to Yemen for trade. That was how things worked. You always follow the money. So that's why the Prophet to them, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he brought a message that was problematic for them because you cannot be cursing our gods here. Okay. So they said, We follow we'll follow Islam and and you follow us. We'll swap. Let's we'll all be Muslim for a year, and then we'll all be pagans for a year. They don't care about it. Interesting phenomenon that happened in India. It was noted that certain parts of India became Muslim and certain parts of India remained pagan. Why? They realized that the places that became Muslim entered Islam in India. They were the Buddhist areas. And the places that stayed pagan were the, Muslim, were, were the Hindu areas. Well, what's the reason for that? Really interesting situation here. It said that when the Muslims came into India, the Buddhists, their worldview is fixed. Like they believe in a set truth. And the Muslims believe in a set truth. So it's either right or it's wrong. It's blocky and it's solid. It's one thing. Like there either is a God or there isn't. There is a Buddhist reality, right? And they believe everything else is wrong. Or there's a Muslim reality. And we believe everything else is false. So in those places, the struggle is binary. You have to have a side. Those are the places that entered Islam over time. The Hindu places, the Muslim came in, they're fluid in reality. Everything about them is fluid. So when the Muslims came in, they said, okay, another God. We already have a thousand gods. Now we have a thousand and one gods. And if you notice in those places, the Hindus, they could oftentimes move around. They'll, follow, they'll, they'll, they'll pray at a, a, a saint's shrine. They'll go to a mosque. They'll go to a temple. It's all fluid. All the reality is fluid. Nothing is fixed. So there was, it was like impossible to grab at them, right? They weren't, it wasn't an issue of converting for them. It was, or rejecting it. So they stayed Hindu. So it was one of those, and, and to me, the left in our world today is more like the Hindus. And the right is more like the Buddhists. The right, they tend to have beliefs. Like this is either right or wrong, right? And the left, they're fluid. So that's why they don't mind hijab, Islam. The only thing they do mind is the idea that you're pinning down truth. This is haq and everything else is false. No, that's the only thing that they'll have a problem with. 
They will not have a problem with Hajj pilgrimage. They won't have a problem with hijab. They won't have a problem with salah. They won't have a problem with anything except that you actually believe that this is the only set of truths and that everything else is false. That's the only problem they'll have. And that's Quraysh that we have that instance coming at the Muslims, at the Prophet ﷺ when they said, we'll follow you, you follow us. Why? Because they don't believe in anything, right? They don't really have a firm belief in this pagan, these pagan gods. But now this has become an economic, cultural, social hassle for them. So they're like, let's just be fluid about it all. So you have to really keep in mind that don't be fooled when any organization or any set of ideas coming from the liberal left is like open to Islam. They're open to Islam because they, if they're truly open to Islam, be open to all of it and accept and tolerate our exclusivity. That's Exclusivity means... When we say that there's one God, we believe any other doctrine is false. When we say that Muhammad is a prophet, Sayyid al wasalam, any other statement about him is false. Not open to interpretation, and we're intolerant of, of that falsehood. Are you tolerant of poison in your refrigerator? So tolerance has a limit, right? Tolerance has a limit if you actually believe in something. When you actually believe in something, anything opposed to that, you're intolerant of it, right? I mean, the left is intolerant of many things. Everyone who has a position is intolerant of the opposite of that position. You go to vegans, they're very intolerant of beef. You can't say, hey, listen, all right, you have a vegan restaurant, all right, um, pure food and wine. You ever heard about this restaurant? You know about this place? Oh, my gosh, this woman. She's a woman, she opened up a vegan restaurant, and then she was all, like, mystical and otherworldly, and she got hooked by a complete scam artist who told her lies about immortality and another world has selected her for being tested, right? And this other world, if she passes these tests, she's going to see, to see all the solutions to her problems, her debt to the restaurant will be paid, and her and her dog will live forever. Okay. So, um, what were the tests? Giving him money. In a span of uh, two years, she paid him a million point seven dollars, one point seven million dollars, because he kept saying, "All right, this is the next test. You have to part with fifty thousand dollars on the spot right now, right? Because you've been chosen, huh? In Venmo, right? Bank wire transfers, boom, right away on the spot." And she kept using the restaurant's money for this, and then uh, she ends up basically. Def- bankrupting the whole restaurant because of this this mis, you know mysticism that she was part of right that she believed in but point being that's a little side thing and she ends up fleeing right and the thing is she didn't even love the guy she just she just believed in the um, in this mystical cuz cuz vegans tend to also believe in these have these weird beliefs anyway vegans you can't come to her and say hey why don't you be vegan for 5 days a week and then let your restaurant serve chicken one day, you know, and beef the next day. They're not going to accept it. So do we call that intolerance or do we call that sticking to their beliefs? They're just sticking to their beliefs, right? It's not intolerance. It's just that's their belief, right? And they say, oh, you call people kafirs. Okay. Uh, oh, Christian, Protestant, Catholic, Jew. Am, aren't we kuffar to you? Oh, Shia, aren't we innovators in your eyes? 
is the Sunni ex- position accepted in the Shia view? Or is the Sunni an innovator, a heretic, whatever you want to call him, in the Shia view? So why is it that the Ahl Sunnah are like intolerant if they hold beliefs about other sects or religions, but those other religions aren't intolerant to us? You think the vegan would like to serve an Islamic menu one day and be slaughtering lambs and sheep all day? Right? Be tolerant. So everyone, if you have a real belief, there's, you have to, by logic, reject the op- anything that negates that belief. Otherwise, it's insanity. Then you don't really hold that belief. So that's the idea here, what they came to the Prophet Sallallahu Okay. Uh, they said, we will do everything you tell us one year and you, and you follow our religion the next year. If you're right, we'll have followed you. And if what we're on is good, then you would have to be part of that. So what are, what, is, what are they reflecting here? Doubt. They don't have certainty. They're in doubt. If you're in doubt, then you don't take a strong position on something. And we have that. There are many things where the evidence doesn't line up for us to really take a strong position in. A lot of things in life, in deen, even. That's where we call that level the level of al-mukhalafa. And that's where we have the four madhabs. Like we, we, we have a certainty, every madhab has a certainty in the accuracy of its methodology. Hanafi, Shafi, Maliki, and Hanbali. But that is not the same certainty as the level of certainty that God is one and the Prophet is true. It's a certainty based upon the ijtihad, the rational calculations of the founders of that school. Okay? And they're admitting that this is our effort, our mental effort. And there is a possibility of something else being correct. Okay? And then when we look at those other opinions... Yes, we don't hold that to be correct, but it is possible that it's acceptable. So therefore, that's the level of al-mukhalifin fil-furu'ah. And that's why the ibadah behind any one of those four madhabs is accepted. Right? So we do have levels of certainty and confidence. Okay? Diets, ways of living, different ways of raising kids, it's all about effort. So I might feel 100% confident in my way, but it's not the same confidence as the idea that there's uh, other things that are not to be discussed. So you're confident that Madagascar exists because tons of people have been there. But are you, is it the same level of certainty as that North Brunswick exists? No. Like someone came and said, listen, man, I don't really believe in Madagascar. I think it was just a, a Disney movie or a Pixar film. Man, it's not really a real place. You'd say all right, it's a weird belief. But if someone comes and says, hey, listen, North Brunswick doesn't exist. New Brunswick, where we're sitting right now, doesn't exist. You'd say you need to be in the mental institution. So there's different levels of disbeliefs, right? Disbeliefs have different, or different levels and different uh, elements to things. So then they say, فَقَالَ مَعَاذَ اللَّهِ أَنْ أُشْرِكَ بِهِ غَيْرَهِ The Prophet ﷺ says, I seek refuge from Allah from ever doing anything like this. Okay. Make peace with some of our gods. Okay. And we'll worship you. So the Prophet said, I'm going to cut the conversation here. I already said, he said what's important to be said, which is we seek refuge from ever making shirk with another god. 
Okay? And uh, the conversation will be picked up through revelation. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Surah Al-Kafirun. And you're going to see that Ayahs 3 and 5, they're repeating, but they're repeating once for the past and once for the future. Okay. Now, this is a respectful dialogue. They didn't come with the Prophet cursing him. They came speaking with a respectful tone. So Allah Ta'ala responds with a respectful tone. Oh, you respectfully who disbelieve. Okay. Not all the time is, is, is the kafir in front of you um, treated with disrespect like Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab. Why? They're mocked because they started the mockery. So even the kuffar are divided into two categories in the Quran. Those who mocked and those who didn't mock. Those who mocked, the, all of them died upon kufr. Inna kafaynaka al-mustahzi'een, Allah says in the Quran. We have finished the mustahzi'een for you. We have taken care of them for you. Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, Umayyah bin Khalaf, all of those who mocked the Prophet. But those who were just, they were kuffar, even if they knew the truth or otherwise, because of different motives that they had, many of them, not all of them, but many of them, they entered Islam. Abu, Abu Sufyan being at the head of them. Okay? He never made fun of the Prophet He simply was against him for worldly or political purposes. So the first thing to note is the word Ya Ayyuha, that harf in nida is with respect. Okay, Ya Ayyuha. And then, of course, ism in nida is always marfu' unless it is coming with a idafa, then it's mansub. So Ya Abu, no, Ya Aba. Okay, so Aba Talib, for example, you would never say Ya Abu Talib, Ya Aba Talib. Anytime it's mudaf mudaf yade, Abu Talib, Ibn Umar. Okay, anytime it's idaf mudaf mudaf ilay, it's mansub. Anytime it's coming in the form of a single word, it's marfu'ah. Ya Umaru. Okay. Ya Aliyu. Ya Hafsatu. But if it's, again, mudaf mudaf like Abu Bakr. Ya Aba Bakr. Ya Ibn Umar. Like that. So here, Ya Ayyuha Al-Kafirun. Because it's one word, so it's marfu'ah bilwaw. So this surah came down, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهُ الْكَافِرُونَ And it came down to the Prophet ﷺ in Al-Masjid Al-Haram. The revelation came in front of the kuffar. وَفِيهِ الْمَلَأْ مِنْ قُرَيْشِ The elite. Al-Malaq, the word Al-Malaq means the elite of Quraysh were in the masjid. فَقَامَ عَلَى رُؤُوسِهِمْ He stood up while they were seated and he recited it to them. That's how the Prophet ﷺ would have his dealings with them. There was not a lot of needless talk. Okay? The first response was, This we know. We know that Allah, this is certain. So the Prophet said it right away. As for the rest of the discussion, this is not my deen. That's one of the, this is one of the proofs. This is not my religion. To make things up like this. Okay? Or to negotiate on its behalf. Because you're at, they're asking now about something in the essence of the deen. So the Prophet responds with what is known and then says, I'll return from with revelation from my Lord because this is his deen. And then when he came back, he simply stood up and recited the surah. That's it. There's no long, meaningless talks. Okay. Uh, After that, then they realized there's no benefit from this man. And they started to hurt him and his prophet. 
the, uh, the it, it, in terms of us, when we're drawing parallels between this and the liberal left, they want to water us down and create a new religion. And they are achieving this on a lot of college campuses where it's just a completely watered... Someone sent me... I can't even believe some of the things um, that you read these days saying that... Saying something was uh, uh, haram. And then someone... Uh, someone responded that, well, I mean, according to the book of Allah, it's haram. The person replied, yeah, but not all Muslims recognize Allah as a source. What? So it tr they're trying hard to create that the, between the corporate and the campus cultures. They want to promote that. But once they realize that it's a failed endeavor, which they will eventually, because that type of religion always dies out. You don't pass it on to your kids. There's nothing to pass on, right? There's no commitment there. So it's going to die out eventually. And it, all these things always die out. The socialist Muslims died out in the, in the Arab world. We're, we're like the first. We, we're imagining that we're like the only people to ever deal with innovators and stuff. No, the socialist Muslims in the Arab world, it all died out, right? Hardcore Marxist Muslims all died out. It, it, it doesn't exist. Even like Pakistan had one of the governors and one of their presidents who said that socialism is my Islam, Islam is my religion, socialism is my economics, and Pakistan is my nation. One of their you know founders said that it's it's dead it's died out thing right so that's going to die out too and then the left will turn against us and it's probably going to be easier if they turn against us than they before us right we'll see Allah Adam in terms of will our life be easier with them against us or not I'll probably our outward lives will be harder because they're going to go after our message try to get us shut down Try to get, you know, uh, to corrupt our marriage uh, way of, that we have marriages in Masajid, shut down the Islamic schools or take out the tax exemption at least. They can't shut them. They could shut it down. They can get involved in the curriculum. So that element will be harder and really make, that's a real problem. But the idea of them sucking Muslims into their belief systems, right, and confusing Muslims may decrease. And Allah knows best. We'll see what happens. I don't worship what you worship in the present. Okay. In the present. In the future. Alright. Also in the in the future. And so what does it mean? And you are not worshiping what I worship. It means two things it means the generality of paganism is not and never will be in line with tawhid and that's logical because it wouldn't be paganism and it means as individuals whom allah knows will never enter islam that those individuals that's who it applies to because you are not going to worship what i worship that means you as a generality of paganist paganists will never be upon tawhid by definition or those whom Allah knows will not enter into Tawheed and into Islam. Okay. What is the purpose of this repetition of Ayah 3 and 5? And we're reading from Tafsir al-Baghawi. And that Quran has been revealed in an Arabic tongue. And in the ways of Arabic eloquence is repetition, to repeat something, to emphasize it. 
for emphasis. That's one reason. To emphasize something. Also from the ways of Arabics is summarizing things. Right? There, the Arabs have their own way of doing saying, uh, speech, uh, speech. For example, in Surah Tabat, Abi Why is it talking about the hand of Abu Lahab? Right? It's Al Ba'd Min Al Kul. Right? When you refer to a part intending the whole, it means all of Abu Lahab is in loss. Or it means the influence of Abu Lahab is in loss. Or the power of Abu Lahab is in loss. Or the wealth of Abu Lahab is in loss. All of those meanings. Why? Because the, the yad here is either the part from the whole, meaning we're just talking about a part, okay, uh, uh, but we intend the whole, or the yad meaning influence, power, wealth, etc. Okay, so that's one of the, these are all from the balagha of the Arabs. Balagha meaning the, the ways of speaking, the, uh, the types of eloquence uh, of a language. Okay. The repetition of the speech is by the repetition of time. That means this will always be the case. Uh, and so he's saying basically that they said, Come in religion our year, we'll be in your religion another year. So it repeated because they repeated, they had two offers. So the Prophet uh, the revelation came. Repeating both, negating both. Lakum dinukum waliyadin. What does that mean, lakum dinukum waliyadin? Does that mean, as somebody had asked me, you know, lakum dinukum waliyadin? That means we should res- we should respect and tolerate all other faiths. No, that does not. That's not necessarily what it means. Like ideologically, tolerance. We're talking about ideological tolerance, not like my neighbor tolerance of my neighbor. Like I'm going to go trash his house because he's not a Muslim. I mean, the people talk to us like we do that, right? As if we're living in Mars or something, or we're living in an, uh, uh, in Afghanistan where there's not another non-Muslim for a thousand miles, right? Uh, uh, you, how do you think we're surviving here, right? So there's tolerance. When we're talking about tolerance, there's the tolerance of living with the people around you. That's one thing. Then there's ideological tolerance, which is a whole other thing. I, I don't think anybody in my neighbor is a, is a type of fluid... Everyone's got their beliefs. The Catholics, I know what they believe. The Jews, I know what they believe. Blah, blah, blah. Right? So, Hindus got their beliefs, etc. But then there's the neighborly type of tolerance where, listen, we got to be able to survive. I know if I harm you, you're going to harm me. We can't survive like this. So there's that level, I think, that is common sense uh, that everyone has to have. So, lakum dinukum waliyadin refers to this. Listen, I have these are my limits. And you got your limits, right? I understand you have your limits, and these are my limits, and now we're going to live. Doesn't mean I approve of it. There's nothing I could do about it. Okay. Different riwayat there. Okay. That's the summary of Surah Al-Kafirun, but I think it really, if you notice Surah Al-Kafirun is a surah that is, um, it's recited often in the Sunan, that in many of the madhahib, the, the, the first surahs that you recite in the morning prayers is the Sunnah, 
before Fajr, kafirun and ikhlas. And then in the Shafa, kafirun and ikhlas, right? And it's a, a preferred series of, of recitation because of the, two, the, the essence of the religion is in that. And I'm telling you, 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 you simply can't um, compromise in your fundamentals. You can't compromise in things. The, mo- the moment you start compromising in things is the moment you water down your religion, and it's a problem. And it's very tricky to find that middle path because groups that compromise, it looks good in the beginning, they die out in the end, right? It gets so watered down, it's meaningless, right? It's so, the religion is so watered down, it's not even attractive anymore. Like, there's nothing there. There's no substance. You just keep watering everything down. And, and you look at penitent and pious religious youth. Now, youth aren't always an example, but sometimes they are an example because they have a pure heart and a more fresh outlook to things. There is time where there are examples. When, when you present them, you got a kid who wants to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He wants to go to something pure. He doesn't want, they tend not to go to a mosque or religious operation or culture or space or even teachers that they've compromised so much over the years. Nothing stands out. Where do they go? They all go to the, to the, to the spot where the deen is as it is. Like I'm reading the Quran, that's what I see. I'm looking at the sunnah, I see that. Like there's been less compromise over time that it's an identifiable thing, separate, right, and unique, and it could help me. So it's always a balance between how, what do we compromise, how much do we compromise, and what do we not compromise. Because both extremes, they die out over time. One, it produces a people who, who burn out, right, and it's not adaptable, and it can't survive. And the other side, it's not even attractive. Yeah, it'll always survive. It'll it'll survive barely on a heartbeat, basic pulse. But there's nothing attractive about it, and that's the issue of where you compromise. And the best way to look at it is simply judge it by fiqh, right? You you have to judge it by fiqh, and you have to judge it by observation. So, what we know for sure, we're not going to compromise where there's an ijma across the madhahib on this issue that it's forbidden or it's obligatory, we're not going to compromise on those. If there's differences in madhahib and it's something public, not personal, like a public policy, a policy of a masjid or something like that, then we can talk about that. Okay. But then the second source is observation. We're going to observe the different Islamic groups. Who's not compromising and how have they been over the last 20, 30 years? Did their youth go away or did they replenish? And then who is compromising? And I think all a lot of the m- big mosques near the cities that in- usually are always inviting politicians and stuff, they tend to be the compromised mosques. I never see students of knowledge in those mosques. I never see people making toba and then fleeing that this is where it's going to help me. I don't see it, right? I don't see that. And also, at the same time, the, the completely no compromise at all, I also tend not to see like, many converts. Because like you're so rigid, it's a whole other world we're going into. So where's the middle? That's where we got to find it. All right, that's your summary from Sayyidina al-Imam al-Baghawi, one of the best tafasir. Really, one of the best tafasir. Sayyidina al-Imam al-Baghawi and the next surah after al-Kafirun is going to be 
النصر Yeah. We must we skipped. I don't think we did Masad though. Should we do Masad now? Tabat yada? Do it next week? All right. We'll do it next week. Let's go to it's open QA today. So, face I got my I got the Facebook on my phone. I'm looking at the comments and we also got Ryan getting all the comments also on uh the restream. Okay. And at this point let's repeat our sponsors here. Before we get to Delia Kembo's question on abortion. All right. So our sponsorship, let's start off with MeccaBooks.com. If you want to get books and you want to benefit, you want to go to MeccaBooks.com and make benefit by reading and getting those uh, traditional Islamic texts and filling your house with those. And people, sometimes people do this thing where I'm not reading any book. I'm not opening a new book or getting a new book until I buy my uh, until i read all my other books but that's not how it works reading the way it works is to be able to go into your library and say wow i never read all any of these books and to be like interested so you you make a library not based on what you've already read but based upon what in the future you will be interested in so that's meccabooks.com secondly if you need a tutor anything sats online math finals are coming up get a tutor professors one to one.com and then, our classes, arcview.org, is where you're going to get our classes. And you can study uh, eventually all four methods, inshallah, will be there. We have plenty of pre recorded classes. Study at your own place, pre recorded Arabic classes, pre recorded Tajweed classes, fiqh, aqidah, tasawwuf, all pre recorded. And you can get them all at arcview.org. And lastly, patreon.com backslash Safina Society is our, this is how you can support us. And we really thank our almost more than 200 supporters and counting to help put together this, this, this pot, this stream four days a week, almost two hours. I mean, one time I think we went three hours. Um, but patreon.com backslash Safina Society. And we have almost 200 uh, patrons now. So let's go to Delia Kembo's question on abortion. And it's, you know what I don't like? I don't like being dictated. Where my, that my mind is, okay, if the whole society is on abortion today, then we're all thinking about abortion. If the whole society is on uh, something else, you know, that this is the news, Right, then we're just on that. I'm not a fan of that type of thing, but of course you do have to answer the question. So we will answer it once. We're not going to do a whole thing on it. But abortion is haram in Islam. Just as wine, pork, murder is haram in Islam. Just because there are exceptions does not... Those are exceptions. Okay? What are the exceptions? By Ijma' 40 days. Any abortion within 40 days is not murder. It is considered, it would be sinful or permissible even. I th- even there's a Shafi'i opinion saying that there is, there is not even, it's not even haram within the first 40 days. Okay. Maximum, it will be a sin. But it's not murder. 
You haven't murdered anything. There is no living creature. All the madhab will agree that on 40 days. The difference will be now the next 80 days. And you do have a strong component of the scholars are holding that the soul ensoulment does not happen until after 120 days. After that, you have killed something. Now, there's no head punishment. You're not, the mother's not going to go get herself executed, right? Why? Because there's, there's no way to do this in court, okay? She's one of the inheritors, right? So she, there, it's considered she has done qatr, but she has no head punishment on her. She actually has a fine. She pays a fine. Okay, agarra. But that's, that's irrelevant. Point being is that after 100 days, that is murder. So, are there exceptions? Yes, there are exceptions. So that 80 days, you have to understand, is not by ijma'. That extra 80 days, up to 120 days, is the opinion of some, that there's no insolment. Therefore, this, it, it will either be sinful, permissible, or even obligatory. If the mother's going to die, it becomes obligatory. Okay? It could be sinful, depending on your motive. But it's not murder. It's not qatl. When is it qatl? It's qatl. After 100, qatl means killing. After 120 days without a valid excuse, which is that the mother's life is in danger. If the mother's life is in danger, then you choose the woman who, the, 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 the one who has more dependents, which is the mom. Right? The mom has five kids and the baby does, has nothing, obviously, right? But the mom has one, two, three kids. She's got a mother, a father, whatever. She has dependents. You save the life of the mother. More people rely upon her. She's needed more okay, in the society and in the world than the baby. So you save the life of the mother. All right? That's how, that's how it goes. So in the absence of uh, 100 and, it's a hun- past 120 days, and when there's a dire need, such as the mother's about to die, okay, life and death, then that's the exception. So, but the default is haram. Just because something has exceptions does not mean it's like, oh, we have a long discussion. It's not a long discussion. We just said it in 10, 10 seconds. All right, what's ruling on wine? It's haram. Uh, what happens if I'm, I'm at a ball game and I'm choking on the halal hot dog? Then you pick up the beer in front of you and you drink it and you swallow it down. That's it, five seconds. We just gave you the only time that you can have beer when you're choking, right? Or... I guess if you're in the desert and you're walking in the desert and there is nothing except for uh, a Budweiser in front of you in that hypothetical crazy world, that's it. So that's basically the idea of abortion. That's how simple it is for us. And this is one of the examples where mind and observation, reason and observation, the two, two of the three sources of knowledge, cannot answer the question of when is it allowed and when is it not? We need that third source, transmission. Transmission from the Creator through the Prophet ﷺ of when insolment happens. Okay, what is the difference between some the male fluid and the female fluid and a human being, an insan? Okay, the difference is something related to the soul. And what does Allah say about the soul? It's from the affairs of your Lord. It's not something you're going to observe or rationalize. It is only something that's going to come down from your creator. He's going to tell you about it. It's one of those things. Otherwise, how many centuries have passed? 
if the soul was something that we could just observe or rationalize, we would have done it already, right? How many centuries have passed? But no, matters of the soul are restricted to God and his prophet. So, the only platform that we will accept is the platform of, an Islamic platform on this issue, which is never going to happen in America, at least between the two parties that we have. They're not going to recognize our 40 days or 120 days. So it's up to every Muslim to practice it on his own. And I, in terms of lesser of two evils, now, anytime I discuss politics, it's always, or any Muslim should, lesser of two evils. Lesser of two evils would be that the federal government gets out of this business and have the states decide things because it's better off for us when we have two things that we don't agree with, the right and the left, you're better off having a balance between them and we could sort of survive somewhere in the middle rather than one domineering over the other and then we'd be completely crushed, right? So you don't want, I don't think that it's, this is lesser of two evils so that nobody misquotes this and says, oh, you're supporting this as rules by other than what Allah revealed. No, we're talking about lesser of two evils. Just to make it clear, I'll restate it like five times. Lesser of two evils, in my opinion, is when the two opposing beliefs, and we don't agree with either one, when they're balancing each other out. right? And when there's a voice on both sides. Because then we could, if one thing suits us, you know, we can find it in one state. If another thing suits us, we find it in another state. Okay? And that let the federal government be out of all these things. And let the states just make their own laws. Okay? And that's really, practically speaking, politically, you have two different countries. They have two different realities. So you're going to have, let them, let just be red states and blue states. And maybe there's be one or two states, like Ohio maybe, that's in the middle somewhere. New Jersey's actually has a little bit of both. In the, once you go south, it's all red. And in the north, it's all blue. All right. Uh, did that answer the question? Yes, Ian, what do you think? Is there anything else behind that? That's it. It's pretty much summary. So just to repeat the summary. Ijma' on the 40 days. All the madhab will agree that within 40 days there's no insolment. The ex- that 80 days, 120 days, some of the ulama said no extends to 120 days. Some said no, it's 40 days. Okay. And then the only exceptions are the exceptions we know. Right? All right, I have a, I have a wild question. Yeah. So, with regards to this, we know if somebody, because... The person asked in the context of like America and everything. Yeah. Because this is going on. If if they were to terminate a baby, and we believe that the soul went in, the baby's going straight to Satan Ibrahim in Jannah, right? And you're going straight to hell. Right. Yeah. So well, not straight to hell, but you have committed a major sin. A major sin, but yeah. saying in the context of someone non-Muslim, because we're talking about if the mom's dying. Right. Yeah. So, but in the in the case that the baby's going to go straight to Satan Ibrahim, would it possibly be better if? Baby's not going to come out of somebody who's a disbeliever, anyways. You're not uh, Al Khidr. Uh, you don't have that power to do that. <laughs> Say, hey, you know, it looks like you're going to be a kafir anyway, so let me just kill you. Yeah. No, you don't have the power. You're not Al Khidr, alayhi salam, to do that. You're also not the. People also say, listen, I don't do dawah because I know that the people are going to reject the truth. Yeah. So I will keep them ignorant. You're committing a major. That's his right to do that. Right? Quick Easy says, I, I received. Surah Duha as a sign, what could the meaning be? Have been asking for when my dua is coming. Dua is going to be answered, but you just have to, you have to believe that dua is answered. The Prophet commanded us to believe your dua will be answered. But the timing is for Allah. It could be years. 
could be years. Has not Allah tolerated our sins for years? So we should wait and have sabr when it comes to our dua. Adizman, what are your opinions on using the Prophet saw? No, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I'm going to put it for you here as a little calligraph. You can put it into your phone. Okay? There. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sayyid al kawnain alayhi salatu wasallam. So the question from Adizman says, Wasila in dua. It is the great, it's not a difference of opinion at all to use the Prophet as a wasila. And he is the greatest of wasilas. Why is the Prophet ﷺ the greatest of wasilas? Because all of our deeds that we do to draw near to Allah, they've come to us through the Messenger ﷺ. Isn't he the source? He's the root. So if I, if I say, oh Allah, I'm, going to, I'm making a dua and I'm going to fast three days in the hope that you will accept my prayer. I'm going to give $300 in charity in the hope that you accept my dua. Who taught you about fasting? Who taught you about? How did you receive the idea that you can... Give sadaqah in the hope that your du'a be answered. This is it from the Prophet So therefore the Prophet is the greatest of wasail. And, and we went over those hadiths a couple times. Uh, we went over the hadith of wasila many times. Uh, of the hadith of Tawassul from Uthman ibn Hunayf. Okay. Alright, let's go to on Facebook we got uh, Ahmed uh, Muhammad Salman Ahmed, what are your views on? Um, your question got cut off. Let's see if it's here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Where is Muhammad Salman Ahmed? I think your question got cut off. I don't see it. Um, I don't see your, the rest of your question. Muhammad Asif Hadji, can you recommend source? Uh, books that explain why we follow a madhab as part of the sunnah. Why do we follow a madhab? What, well, a madhab is a methodology. is no different than why you go uh, to an engine, to to a mechanic, or to a doctor. They know better, right? They know better. If you got a disease, you can't go to two different doctors. You got to pick a doctor. So you, uh, us as muqallidin, as followers of madhab, this, those scholars. They have all the knowledge and they're choosing and they're coming with the conclusion of what Allah and His Prophet meant by something. We also do our share of ijtihad. What's our ijtihad? Of which imam to follow. So we do have to have some knowledge. We have to have enough knowledge. We read the Quran, we read the hadith, and now we look at which of the scholars in front of us reflects that most. Right? And then we follow them on those things. So that is our ijtihad. The muqallid, the one who follows another, in the same way that when you get a disease or when you have a trial, you got to pick a lawyer and a doctor. You do use your brain, so we don't have nothing here. We have something here. We can read, we can study. But there's, we're never going to be able to know what a lawyer knows, but we will be able to use our brain enough to know which looks like the good lawyer. Okay, And one of the best ways is by reviews. So what, what is the reviews of madhabs? Which one has lasted, right? Which madhab have been followed by people? People have brains. Hanafi madhab was not based upon nothing. There wouldn't be millions of people following it. They've deduced with their minds that the scholars, this is scholarship. This is sound scholarship. Same with the Madhikis, Hanafis, and Shafis. So numbers are sometimes a source of knowledge. Not all the time, right? 
on matters in which there's no ijtihad. Because someone might say, well, there's also a million Christians. There's also a million Hindus. No, on matters of ijtihad, of rational contemplation, we look at numbers. On matters that in which there's no ijtihad. Is there ijtihad? So, so if you get a million flat earthers, is to become a valid opinion? If a million people tell you that North Brunswick doesn't exist, New Brunswick doesn't exist, is that a valid opinion? No, certain things do not have ijtihad in them. There's no rationalization involved. It's a, it's a, it's a fact. So we say, for example, the existence of one God and the truthfulness of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, it's a fact. There's no discussion on those subjects, right? So it's not about rationalization of numbers. But when something is up for a discussion, it's not qatai, it's not crystal clear, then we do look at numbers. Okay. Caitlin Joham says, how do we reconcile ilhah in dua with the idea of istikhara, where you're leaving it to Allah? Istikhara is not based upon doubt. Istikhara is based upon certainty. I want this, I know that I want it. Okay? I want this and I know that I want it. But I'm asking you to make my decision clearer to me and to send me signs showing that I'm right or I'm wrong. Istikhara is not based upon, hmm, I don't know which way to go, left or right. No, istikhara is saying, I'm going right. And Allah, if I've made the wrong decision, correct me. And if I've made the right decision, make it easier for me. That's the idea of istikhara. Yeah. Right, is his mic on? Huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, so my original plan was to be here today. Yeah. But then I, I decided to change that in order to go to class. Yeah. Today. And then when I get to the airport, a whole bunch of things start happening. Mm. My phone with my boarding pass turned off. Ajeeb. delayed twice. I needed to eat something. And then I call my friend asking ask them where they are, and they're... Coming right down the freeway. Ajib, so subhanallah. EWR, so they pick me up and I... Subhanallah. So Ajib. Yeah. See, that's an example of how istikhara works. Istikhara, it works by the idea and the concept that things happen in the real world, in the physical real world, that show us that we made the right decision or the wrong decision. Not unseen intuitions that shaitan could fool us and things like that. That's what you have to be aware of because many times people confuse these things. They pray istikhara and they wait for some mystical thing. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't need to do those. He gives you to you straight physically in front of your own face that you made the right decision, you made the right wrong decision. Really cool guy says, how do we approach mothers? I used to get my mother a gift, but I've been told we only celebrate two Eids. I, I guess you meant Mother's Day, which passed anyway. I don't, uh, the, the, this is not a Eid of, of a religious Eid that is competing with our beliefs. See, many people make this mistake. When the Prophet said we have two Eids, that does not mean we're only happy two times a year. It does not mean we can only gather two times a year. It does not mean we can only celebrate something two times a year. It does not mean you know, we can only cook food two times a year, you know, cakes or whatever. It means that this religion... That uh, the Prophet has given us two holidays for the entire Ummah. Okay? 
to celebrate as a religious, as a nadb recommendation. It has a religious quality to it, a legal status to it. Celebration in general, my own celebration that I want to celebrate. I'm not saying it's part of the religion. I'm simply saying I want to celebrate this, right? Is valid provided that the, uh, is judged by the content of the celebration and the purpose of the celebration. Two things, content and purpose. We, we have HIV celebrations all the time. We might have two, three a year. We have one general to celebrate the whole initiative for our HIVs of Qur'an. And then every time someone has a big, has a, a, a milestone, reaches a milestone, we have a little party after Isha. The level of that type of party is simply at the level of mandub. It's mandub to attend and be happy because the purpose is mandub. It's not near Eid, which is a sunnah mu'akkada in, in the religion for the entire ummah. That's the difference. Okay? So celebrations are all allowed. Now, now we get to the subject of, well, when the kuffar establish a celebration, that we can discuss that. We can say it is makru to follow them in anything. You have a 100% legitimate argument. Makru. We won't say haram because the contest is not haram. But makru, following them and behaving based upon them, makru, right? Just like when the shaitan came and told Prophet Isa, salam, say la ilaha illallah. If he said la ilaha illallah, he would have obeyed shaitan. And if he doesn't say la ilaha illallah, he rejected the truth. So the Prophet Isa said, I will say it, but not after you. Well, he walked away from Iblis and he said it. So he's not obeying Iblis. Now the other question comes up, is everything of the kuffar initiated by the kuffar will be like following the kuffar? So if I wear jeans, am I following the kuffar? If I wear a baseball cap, am I following the kuffar? Again, there's a, that's, it's up for discussion on perception. So in general, the Muslim should be distinct from a kafir. Should be distinct. We should not imitate. We should not be following them. There's a degree to which that's impossible when you're living amongst them or when their culture has domineered over everything. You go to Cairo, you don't even know if it's a Islamic country or not, right? You don't feel anything. Yasin next to me is wearing a thobe. You go to Cairo like that, they'll look at you. You go, you walk in Philly like that, nobody bats an eye, right? You go with a short thobe in Philadelphia with a big beard, no one bats an eye. You go like that in Cairo, you look, you get arrested. People make fun of you. People will snicker at you. Your own family will make fun of you, right? You go like that in Philadelphia or Newark, nobody bats an eye. You actually will get respected, okay? The world's different now. So I would not say that this is neither is it mandub nor is it makru, uh, uh, haram. All right, let's go to you to... to YouTube here and see Mara says are the rewarded six days of Shawwal mutually exclusive from making up Ramadan yes number one they're mutually the obligatory things cannot be mixed with a recommended intention so I cannot combine for example praying Fajr with Istikhara I cannot combine f- make up fast and sunnah fast. The up, makeup fast is obligatory. Sunnah fast is sunnah. So the six days of shawar, uh, any sunnah fast and an obligatory fast cannot be mixed. 
That's number one. Number two, you have to understand the Maliki position on this, is that the six days of Shawwal, what Malik, based on his understanding of the Hadith, plus what he observed in Medina, is that what the Prophet meant was six days from the month of Shawwal onwards. Okay? From the month of Shawwal onwards. That's what is meant by that Hadith. Okay? So for the rest of the 11 months of the Hijri calendar, to fast six days sunnah in those 11 months, at least six days. That's what, is the, and Malik said he did not see that the scholars of Medina fast Ramadan, celebrate Eid, and then fast six days. He did not see that. And he actually discouraged that. He said because it would people would think it's part of the month of Ramadan, thereby diluting the sanctity of Ramadan. So Maliki opinion on this is very unique. It means six days any time in the year. Starting from Shawwal. So it says min Shawwal, min meaning the starting point of Shawwal, being Shawwal, not in Shawwal. So min being different from fi. Sitta ayam fi Shawwal would be in Shawwal, sitta min Shawwal, six days from the starting point of Shawwal onwards. That's And plus the observation that it never happened. It was not something that the scholars of Medina did in Maddox's time, and he was in the third generation, and he was witnessing the second generation. Not to discourage people from fasting, but that is the way that the Maliki view it. Maliki Click asks, Brian, did you eat Swedish gummies? He actually didn't, believe it or not, because he was at Umrah. So he, was, he wasn't part of junk food hour. I was part of it, with, with Cheetos mainly. And there were plenty of Swedish fish. And there was all sorts of junk food. The Mu'addin of the mosque would come in and blow a gasket. There's crumbs all over the, the main area in front of the mihrab where we would gather for our junk food hour. I mean, think as you fast all day, you hardly, I don't eat a big iftar because you to be too heavy, right? I don't eat a big suhoor because you can't sleep with that. And our masjid, the desi food has taken over the ummah. Our masjid, we actually served desi dinners for suhoor. Like with oils that you've never seen before at that morning, uh, at that hour of the morning. Wings, everything. So we, it, like, we didn't have the traditional, like, American breakfast foods, like you know, bagels. Even Egyptian food is light beans, yogurt, things like that. No, desi food, because they are intolerant of all other foods. So you have to end up catering. They end up cornering us because they won't eat, and they're the majority. So khalas, we all eat desi food, and so I, I hardly basically ate sahurs either. So we got ruksa to have junk food hour. And maybe, I don't know if that's a good sunnah because like we really probably put on some weight. Anyway, at the end, it really took off. It was ice cream was coming in, right? All right, Mara says, is there a particular benefit in completing Ramadan make a fast during Shawad? It's always beneficial to do your qada earlier than later because you don't never know when you're going to die. Like just from pondering this because yeah. like I know some sisters they because they're gonna inevitably have makeup fast probably yep like the hadith of drawing you draw near to Allah with what's obligatory yep so it's like the obligatory is, is always superior to what is recommended many people think oh the obligatory is a default I gotta get rid of it before I get earned credit no the obligatory is the best deed you could do and avoiding haram is the best dhikr Aisha Mukhtar says I used to do uh, the sit of Shawwal, but this year all the teachers saying makeup fast must come first. That's 18 fasts for me. You don't have to do them in Shawwal, Aisha. You can do them any time in the year, the six days. So, 
Buck says, Ahl sunnah get called intolerant, whereas the Salafis, Wahhabis, Qadianis, etc. get a free pass. Oh. Ali says, how many days is Eid al-Fitr? Well, Eid al-Fitr is in terms of the days in which we're not allowed to fast is one day only. Eid al-Fitr. Fasting is haram. Let's go to uh, Insta. Take the next question on that, on YouTube. Urgent question, all right, from I'm Not Here 9-11. What's the best introductory book to Kalam? I'm a, I have a relative who joined a New Age cult and now espouses these ideas. We part of God's consciousness, etc. Most of those things can be uh, destroyed, obliterated on this mere um, avenue of epistemology. Epistemology is what are the sources of knowledge. And all the New Ageists have no source for their knowledge. Like, they're, not, they're making up stuff as they go along. Okay? They are making up stuff as they go along. And so, what is the best introductory book to Kalam? I would, I would not... Here's, here's how you should do things in Islam. Don't try to find everything in one book. Get yourself three books on Kalam. Right? Get yourself three books on Kalam. Four books even. Spend a hundred bucks on Kalam. I wrote a book that, that has some fundamental principles on Kalam at safinapress.com. I'll put it in for you. All right, so we had problems uh, last year, but they're all resolved. All right, alhamdulillah for that. Safinapress.com. Right, so you can go there and get one. I think there was one that Zaytuna published, Right? I think that they had a Kalam book. You can so I would get yourself a nice little section of your house for books. And here's the thing: people don't read anymore. You got to start reading. All of us, we have to start reading. I have a practice now. If I pick up a book, I make an intention: I'm going to read this chapter. I don't care as long as unless the house is burning down, I'm not getting up from this chapter. Same thing when you do a wirt. When you do a wirt, never pick up your phone in the middle of the wirt. And I really try to do this in terms of like dhikr night and stuff when we're doing dhikr, but sometimes people send me messages on the phone for the simple reason that um, uh, that they might say like the sound is off. As, as I start getting assistance, I'm going to start handing them the phone because you want focus. If you're sitting down for hifz of Quran, don't do anything except that. If you sit down for a chapter, discipline yourself, force yourself to read the whole chapter. And don't say to yourself, I'm not benefiting. How do you know the benefit's not the end of the chapter? Right? So epistemology, for this brother, uh, I'm not here 9-11. Epistemology is the idea and the question of what are the sources of certainty? You're making a statement. What's the basis of your statement? Did you observe it? Is it a rational statement like 2 plus 2 equals 4? Is it an observable statement that you could demonstrate in an experiment? Or you could take me outside and say, look, it's right there. That's observation. Or is it a transmitted fact? What's a transmitted fact? There was a man named George Washington that lived. That's a transmitted piece of information, right? If you don't accept that there, George Washington was a human being that lived, you're playing games. It's mutawatir that there was a human being on the earth called George Washington. And that he was the leader of the United States at one point. If you don't believe that, then you're playing games. So that's mutawatir. So that's the idea here of how you're going to... That's kalam. The use of kalam is by using mantiq, logic, 
all right, to 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 to, re- to uh, show the fallacy of false ideas. That is the essence of kalam. Okay. How should Muslims deal with ridda in our families? That is an urgent question because it happens all the time. If not ridda, the zandaq. Let me just explain it to you. Ridda is directly stating that I, I am sloughing off the Islamic identity. The identity as a Muslim, I'm removing. I'm not, don't call me a Muslim anymore. I'm not. Uh, I'm, don't call me a Muslim anymore. Call me a whatever. That's Ridda. He's openly telling you he's not a Muslim. We have no relations with a murtad. A murtad to us is worse than a kafir. Okay. And from the kuffar, the mushrikeen are worse, than, are less, are more, da- is more of a, of a worse uh, than ahl kitab. And ahl kitab is even better than mubtada. And it's easier to deal with a kafir than a mubtada. Because a mubtada is, is too close for comfort. Right? And it can cause confusion in the ummah. That's why. Not from the aspect of their akhirah. In the akhirah, the mubtada, he said, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, then innovated everything else, right? He will not be treated in the afterlife. The sect, the sects of Islam, the innovative sects in, in doc, they will not be treated like a kafir. They did say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. One day in an eternity, they will benefit from that statement. Okay? That's our belief. We do not liken the one who said La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah then had a million innovations to the one who never said it. When we say innovations, what we mean by it is in matters that are matters that are um, uh, not uh, known in religion by necessity. Okay, Matters that can be discussed. Okay, Hey, Yahya, could you go check outside if those kids are playing not to play on the construction site? We have construction in our... Beautiful. You can't wait to see the pictures. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Give us a couple months. But the mubtada is more dangerous in our, in our lives as Muslims because the innovator can totally confuse people. And that's where it's much easier to, have a, to deal with a pagan or a Christian than a mubtada, an innovator in the deen. Right, so we have absolutely no tolerance for that, from that angle. Is that clear? Now, what about a Muslim who espouses a belief that is contrary to what is known in religion by necessity, that which is widespread and has no interpretation? That person, like someone who says, "I'm a Muslim, but Ramadan uh, fasting is not Ramadan; it's in Shawwal." Fasting is from Dhuhr to Isha, not from Fajr to Maghrib. Hajj is in Jerusalem. Wine is permitted. These things are known in religion by necessity. They're so widespread. That person is a zindiq. The mubtada, the innovator, is somebody, he does not reject one of those things. He accepts all the ma'lum and din bin darura. He rejects things that are explicit but not widespread. That's the difference between a zindiq and a mubtada, innovator. This stuff, this stuff is important because we care about Islam and we care about doing it properly. So we always have to know what is the innovator, what makes someone something an innovation that makes you your deeds not accepted. And they will be rejected from the fountain of the Prophet. This is serious business. For us, it's not serious for people who don't care about the deen. Like your business is not important to us. 
This is our business. This is what we care about. Okay. So the zindiq is that type of person who is somebody who he espouses completely unacceptable beliefs. Okay. Things that are known in religion by necessity, he goes against it. He doesn't believe in them. That type of person is a zindiq. All right. We don't have any relations with the zindiq and the murtad. You really have to. It's very hard to say this or, or to practice this. But the, the law of the Sharia is that you cut all ties. That's just the law of the Sharia. If, if your case has an exception, consult your local scholar who, is, who, who has wara. Don't consult a, a, a loose type of person. Consult a scholar who has wara. Wara is caution in religion. Okay, because if we have quality control, your circle has to have quality control. The air you breathe and the water you drink and the food you ingest doesn't have to have quality control. If you have kids, do you let your kids hang out with any old person? Or do they only hang out with kids that you approve of? Okay? Quality control. Likewise, our company that we keep is the basis of our religion and our our steadfastness, I should say. Our steadfastness is based upon the company we keep. Okay, if, our, if the company we keep on a daily basis is lukewarm about the deen, you will become lukewarm about the deen. Guarantee you. If they mock the deen, someday you will also start mocking the deen. It's just human beings are like that. Okay, so yeah, yeah, everything good outside? No kids, no no construction, right? Oh, it's the other house. Okay, good. No construction workers either, right? Okay. When we're talking about this company you keep, it's quality control. If I see somebody. Flaunting sins, we call that a fasiq. Okay, he's flaunting his sins. I don't keep his company. Why? I don't trust myself. We have an ego that we don't trust. We have weakness. We don't trust her. Our usul, our methodology, is that we do not trust ourselves. I can. We, we can weaken. You think that you're something special? Uh, Prophet Dawood salam. Dawood, he looked one day upon his companions and he saw them with shields praying he said what oh beautiful men they fight for god and they pray to god right now they they're soldiers and they're worshipers it's a beautiful thing Sayyidina jibreel came and he wanted just to you know say something to say any uh, to to give him a little bit of a perspective so that he does not give them you know to, to return them to humility for them because every prophet is already humble. So he said, O Dawood, if a single woman was to pass by, all their focus in Salah would be broken. Just to show you that they have weakness, right? Don't think that, don't, don't overestimate their strength. This was for them, so that he doesn't overestimate their faith. Okay? So he said that if a single beautiful woman passed by, their focus would be broken because they're human beings. So you're a human being. Your focus can be broken. Your iman can... So you have to have folk, the quality control of your gathering. has to be... It's got to be there. It's not a joke. RVD1.N If I'm in the habit, this is Instagram, of making du'a for something, then forget to continue this, and then resume again. Should I be discouraged? No. The fact that you remember to do it again, perhaps it is that Allah is reminding you and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is um, re-inspiring you because he wants to give it to you. 
Tabensum says, any guesses on Laylatul Qadr? I really hope, think it was the 21st this year. Like the most signs that I saw, because it is an act of worship to look it out, look out for Laylatul Qadr, was the 21st this year, not the 27th. It was the day in which it was Friday, the night before Friday. That's my personal opinion. Okay. But Sharif says it was the 25th. Sharif Antoya, he says it was the 25th. In his opinion, okay, and and uh, Tabensum, she agrees with that. The twenty fifth, Allah Anna. Are there other exceptions except the danger of the mother dying, like rape? Rape before installment. Rape, you can drop that baby, abort that baby before the installment, and that will either be, and it is by difference of opinion in the scholars in scholarship, but there is an opinion that is valid. That it will not be considered sinful before insolment. Remember, when we say something in Islam, that we can say something that it has ijma or it's based upon ijtihad. This one is based upon ijtihad. The Maliki are pretty, very, very strict on disallowing. They consider it haram, okay, except for the life of the mother. Other madhabs have some more room to it, rape being one of them. But within the forty days is stronger than the 120 days. Okay? That's the question. That was a question from Asnika. All right, next question. Abid agrees about the 21st. Next question is from Idris. Can a Muslim pray their salah behind imams that follow a different method? Yes, you can. If it's valid in their method, it's valid in yours. Assalamu alaikum. If there is anyone local to New Brunswick for a roommate, I'm looking to make a decision this week. Hey, listen, you might have an option in the Dawa Center downstairs, by the way. It's not going to be a luxury hotel. You're not even going to have a kitchen. So it might not work, but let's let's take a look. Um, when you come, we'll, we'll, we'll try to work something out for you. Ismu Abu. No, your idafa is wrong. It's Ismu Abi. And anyway, he says, how do you know your istikhara has been answered? The matter becomes clear in front of you. And your, your, your counsel will tell you. This is clearly the option. You have a counsel around you, right? A counsel, istishara, and istikhara. The people that you take istishara from, the counsel of advisors on a certain matter, they will also see that this, this is clearly the path that Allah has chosen for you. What should you do when your istikhara is answered but not the outcome you desired? Can you still make dua for the outcome you want? Yes, you can. There's, no, there's nothing stopping you. What is Allahumma jud alayna? Be generous. Al-jud is generosity. And when you put it in a command tense verb, you drop the, well, jud. Okay. Shahida Saeed, what does she say? She says, while I'm fast, wait, I'm fasting today and with the intention to make up my fast and get the reward of fast so what? I don't know about the Hanafi food, to be honest with you. The Hanafi, uh, the Hanafi food. Hanafi madhab. I don't know about the Hanafi madhab. We know about Hanafi food very well, right? Yeah, we need to revive Syrian Hanafis. Why should the Hanafi be dominated just to one? 
Desi Hanafi. No offense. Diversity, right? There's Syrian Hanafis. What happened to them? Okay? So we have to have Desi Othman. No, your boy Yasin, Kanaboy. He's still here. Yasin doesn't know? No, I don't know. Oh, your boy Yasin Kanaboy is here next to us, right? He never, he never left yesterday. It, stuff happened. Yeah. Okay, next uh, question is... Okay, this is from... This next question is from... Boom, 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 boom. Idris. Can a Muslim pray their salab? Oh, we answered that question. I hate when I do that. Dana, 2020. Does separating the toilet from the other parts of the bathroom with a curtain constitute sufficient separation so that for uh, uh, for the sink and shower to be able to longer use a place of relieving yourself? If you separate with a curtain, you can mutter very in a very low voice dhikr that you need to but it is still considered the same room a curtain is not enough to say that you're in a completely different room we because we in our auto we don't consider the curtain to be a different room you have to have a completely different room with a door then you can do the thicker Allah. you can pray there even right you can even pray there without haraj by the way in the Madiki school prayer is valid even in the bathroom but it's sinful in that you disrespected the salah why we say that? Because there may be a time where you have no other choice, right? You may be in a situation like in an airport and the only place you have to pray is the family-friendly room, right? The family-friendly baby-changing bathroom, which is a big bathroom, right? It's disrespectful, so you have that, but at least it's better than missing the prayer. So we have to understand that. If there's no najasa and the Madikiyah do not recognize the hadith of the eight prohibited places of prayer, we don't have that. It's in the Risala of Ibn Abi Zaid, but not everything in that Risala is the end result conclusion of the madhab. You have to understand that if you're a Maliki student of knowledge, that he said Ibn Abi Zaid, you read it for the historical element from it, and we believe there's some barak in it, but not everything in it is something that is the final end conclusion of the madhab. In the Maliki school, we do not recognize, are you Maliki Yasin? And that we do not recognize that hadith. Malik does not hold, uphold that hadith of the eight prohibited places of prayer. We pray in graveyards. Wait, so that, that would include like a street? Huh? Yeah, the, your prayer is valid in an exit or in a street. It's makruh that you obstructed the exit. That aspect is makruh. The prayer in a bathroom is valid. I, I didn't learn it from the bathtub, but yeah. like I saw someone was saying that like you can't pray when people are walking. Yeah, it's makruh. So the prayer would be valid, but it's makruh. It's makruh to pray in a bathroom. If you, if, you, if you have your own mat, let's say, or you clean it yourself, there's no najasa. If for there to be najasa, you have to be certain of the najasa. There's no najasa here. So I'm praying there. What's makru is you're disrespecting the name of Allah should not be in a place like that. But if you're in a situation, you're going to miss your prayer, right? That's a different story. Okay. So it is a valid prayer, but that element is makru. What about the Rasulullah? Which one? Like if someone has a, a ring on. Yeah. Any ring that has dhikr of Allah's name, you turn it inward and you close your hand on it. Oh. That's the one of the proofs of wearing your ring on the right finger, right? Because you don't clean yourself in the bathroom, so you fist up your right hand, and then you use your left hand to clean yourself. 
That's proof because I read in, in Risada that you wear your ring on your, your left hand. Yeah, you grasp because you grasp it with your right. You grasp it with your right and you put it on your left, right? So, but for the bathroom, you need to put it on your right hand and clasp it shut. I, I'm against any all dhikr of Allah on clothes, rings, and chains, uh, 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 keychains. Because keychains, they're thrown around, right? You throw them around, it's dangling, it's not respectful. Bumper stickers. I don't get that. Even decals, birds can poop on that. Acid, <coughs> dirty acid rain. Okay, could fall. How good are our mics? Did you guys all hear that car going by, <laughs> racing by? Isn't he come by every day? It's funny. Oh, it's it's the guys next door. It's the guys across the street. Yeah. And, and if you look at the car, it's like a it's like an old like two thousand two car with no yeah. There's <laughs> like no hood on it. <laughs> the guys next door, what they do is they'll take a, a Honda for for five hundred dollars, and they'll add like twenty thousand dollars of soup up on it. And they'll race it around uh, the street, which is a dangerous street to race on. It's a narrow street. Okay, so does that answer your question for Donna 2020? You seeing your health? All right. When are you leaving? When's your flight? Uh, it's actually this evening. All right. Here, inshallah. inshallah. Your opinion on listening to music, Adizman? I don't have opinions. I just follow the fuqaha, which is it is haram as a default. It is something the Prophet spoke against. But what is permitted? Is the voice, if this language is good, that's permitted. If it's a duff, uh, the drum, is permitted. And the flutes, the, the percussion, the percussion permitted. Wind, makru. String, haram. That is in the most lenient of opinions, but it's not the strongest. It's the most lenient of the opinions. But the strongest of opinion is that the, the wind is also haram. So it ends up being the voice and the draw, the percussion can be accepted. Okay. Let's go now to, uh, we'll go to Facebook. Alan Turson says, Salaamu Alaikum, I'm sorry to not be on topic. This is open QA today, Monday, open QA. But the issue is confusing. Is naturally brewed soy source halal or not? Soy is halal. It is supposed to have some alcohol inside. Uh, you mean like kombucha juice? Okay. Is that what you're talking about? Kombucha juice? I don't know. Uh, no, kombucha juice is halal. If that's what he's talking I just don't know if that's what he's talking about. Okay. Uh, what else we got? Brian, read me something. Just get closer to your mic, I think. There, in here. Right, let's see. Um, oh yeah, so one from um, Hamid. Uh, he was asking, like, since there's so many people giving rulings, talking about Islam, yep. teaching things on YouTube, how mm -hmm. do you know, like, who to go for, and where do you? Uh, get That's a good from? question. Okay, how do I know how to make a decision on who to follow? Because we said that our role or our share of ijtihad or rational decision-making on things or, or coming to a conclusion, our role on that is, is in choosing a doctor, choosing a lawyer, choosing a real estate agent, and in religion, choosing a legal source. You know how hard it is to study all of Arabic, all the opinions of the salaf, 
to be a master of the Quran, a master of hadith, a master of logic, because usul al-fiqh is a type of logic, it's a branch of logic, you're not going to do that. You could try if you want. But in the meantime, you need to follow an opinion, right? So you look at a couple things. Number one, we do know something about the religion. You're not ignorant, right? You do know something about the religion. Use that to examine the words of the person that you're following. That's number one. Number two, look at the reviews. In other words, if you look at the... There's a famous book called by Al-Dhahabi called Sir Alam Al-Nubala. The biographies of the nobles. Okay, the, the prominent nobles. Okay? And in that, you'll see like a, they mention his birth, who he studied with, who his students are. But then you will see the commentary of the scholars about that person. For example, Malik says about Awza'i, huwa imamun yuttaba. He's an imam to be followed. Right? So that's a review. It's a peer review. You look at the peer reviews. You look at, well, if he's truly, if this is truly a sound school of thought, shouldn't it? I'm not the only one with a brain, right? I'm not the only one with a pious intention. Wouldn't other Muslims have also said the same thing, right? Over the course of centuries and years and stuff? And from different times and places so that there's no cultural bias, social bias, uh, century bias, okay? So I should find if the, let's say, Hanbali opinion, school of thought, is a true, valid school of thought. I'm not going to only see it in one century, in one location. I would have seen it across centuries. I would have seen it across geographic locations, across countries and eras, so that the bias, the human bias is removed as much as possible. So that's the review part of it. Okay. Number three, and remember, we said that the reviews of people matter and numbers matter in ijtihadi things. Ijtihadi things, things where there's an opinion. Not things where there's no opinion. Is there an opinion that New Jersey exists? It's no opinion. It's a fact. So there's no ijtihad on that. Okay. This is part of the thing that's driving you know Americans crazy at this point is because you got hundreds upon millions of people telling you a guy is a girl, right? And we know that's not true, right? <laughs> Simply not true. Okay, you go to your DNA, is 100% guy. And her DNA is 100% girl. If does not matter how many people tell us the opposite, it's not true. It doesn't make no difference. Okay, now we may end up treating you like a woman because you 100% look like a woman. You've taken the hormone therapy. You've taken, you've cut your uh, bio, biology off. Or yeah, you've cut everything off and you now look like a woman. You don't have a beard. Your voice is high-pitched. You have this smooth skin. You have female uh, body. Your body looks like it's a woman's body. Then the Sharia says, we will treat you like a woman. Doesn't mean you're a woman. You see, even this, the Sharia has a bifurcation. There's a reality of things and then there's a way to deal with it. Reality of things, you're a man. You've committed a major sin. Okay? Your belief that you're a woman actually would even cause us to question your mental health. Okay? I know that's totally politically correct, but who cares? Tolerance. Tolerate my views. Uh, diversity. I'm bringing a diverse view to the table here. So, but the Sharia will say, will say, how will we deal with this person from now on? Okay? We will deal with you as a woman. Okay? That's the, that's the fatwa on the matter. Make sense? Sheikh Jamal al-Zahbi. Whatever happened to Sheikh Jamal al-Zahbi? I haven't heard from Jamal al-Zahbi for ages. Where is he? 
Okay. Next question is from what's the difference from between kuffar and ahl kitab from ansika ahl kitab is a is from within the general when we say kafir there's two types okay or there's actually more there's the pagan there's the people of the book there is murtad and there is zindiq the murtad and zindiq we just talked about them already they used to be muslims right or Murtad, he was a Muslim, he's now something, left Islam. That's the worst of all categories. The Zindiq, he says he's a Muslim, but he espouses things that are contrary to what is known in religion by necessity. Like saying Ramadan is not a month of fasting, alcohol is halal. doesn't matter if he says, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, memorize the whole Quran. If he says those known things, he's a Zindiq, which is a type of kafir. We cut all ties with him. That leaves us with people of the book and the pagans. And the people of the book, because of their nearness, closer in idea and beliefs to Islam, there are, they have some allowances. We can eat their slaughtered meats. If they slaughter the animal, we can eat it. The man can marry the woman from them. With discouragement, but it is a valid marriage. Discouraged in some uh, madhahib, and it can be haram too, depending on uh, the status of the children. If the children can be lost, then... There are fatwa from the Maliki school, at least, saying it's almost close to being haram completely. Because you could lose your kids. Let's say in a non-Muslim land. But there are some connections there that don't exist with the pagans. But both of them are in the, under the broad tent of disbelievers. And Surah Al-Bayyina, read Surah Al-Bayyina, لَمْ يَكُنِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ وَالْمُشْرِكِينَ Okay, both of them. Aya Levantine, she's a sister from Hashem. How do you know if a certain dua you're making is an inspiration from God and He placed the desire for it in your heart? If you nonstop say it. You don't have to worry about that, number one. Don't worry about that. Right? <coughs> Just follow the Prophet. Pray to Allah with certainty of the answer and don't stop. If you don't get an answer, it's because you stopped. Don't stop. Pray to Ud'u Allah wa antum bil ijaba. Okay? And يُسْتَجَابُ لِأَحَدِكُمْ مَا لَمْ يَعْجَلْ يَعْجَلْ And يَعْجَلْ means that يَعْجَلْ um, means he gave up. So have certainty and don't give up. Don't worry about anything else. Sharif says, I wouldn't mind staying there as last resort in front of Barakah, but I'll look at the options. When you get here, we'll, t- we'll try to take care of you. We'll do as much... Um, you know, we could do to take care of you. Sharif Antoya is coming from from Detroit to do an engineering internship. Okay. Oh yeah, I think Kareem was uh Kareem who? Wait, he's coming back? Oh he's gonna work from here? Alright, good. Kareem, Murad, Suhaib, Sharif, they're all gonna apartment and split it up. Muna A says, What to do when undergoing medical test and one's full name has to be written on the specimen bottle because they may have like their name Muhammad or Fatima or Khadija should not be on the specimen bottle, but you have to put your full name. Um, Muslims may are allowed to have many names. You are allowed to give yourself a name, right? You're allowed to give a simple answer to that. You, know, you own your name. That's the beauty of it, right? When uh, your parents have the right to name you, when you come of age... 
you are allowed to add names or change your names. Okay? So maybe adding a name is, um, is good. There's a possibility for that. Jason, is that your first name? Oh, I mean, is that someone? Yeah. Jason. Yeah, whatever your name is. If your name is, you know, Abdul Jabbar, you can become, you know, uh, Jason, if you want. Or some other Arabic name or cultural name so that you're not going after running around and imitating kuffar, right? People get so offended by the word kuffar. No, we just mean as a group of people who are not Muslim. That's all we mean by that. We're not trying to fight them uh, uh, in an absolute way. We fight only those who fight our deen, right? And fight us. Because Allah mentions those who remove you from your homes, meaning they're fighting your worldly state, and they fight you for your deen. Those are the whom we fight. But the, the word kuffar in itself is just means someone who's not a Muslim. People get so bent out of shape about that. Jazakallah khair answer my first question. Would have to watch the recording again. Could you answer the follow-up question? Uh, Shahida, bring the follow-up question here because I would have to scroll all the way up. So repeat, re- copy and paste your follow-up question here. To clarify, when our names include the name of the Prophet, yeah, yeah, we, we should not put that. You should not put Muhammad, for example, put something else, a nickname, right? And put your phone number so that they know it's you. Okay. Um, how does one ask for something through the dua of Yunus? is by saying, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka ni kuntu min before, during, and after your dua. JJ says, what do one speak, what to do when one speaks so much with detail and clarity, but maybe rambling on, keeping it short and snappy, does not get the answer or maybe explain how to answer a question. So JJ wants to answer a question by not being long-winded. Um, that's a very good question. I think that you have to, uh, in order to not be long-winded, the idea behind not being long-winded is to really know the, 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 the essence of your answer and then layer it. So when we study fiqh, you first study, like let's say, something called akhdari a book called Akhdari in the Maliki Madhab. He gives you just the basic parameters of things. Then you go to the next book called Ibn Ashad, for example, he gives you a little bit more. Then you go to the commentary on Ibn Ashad, he gives you a pretty decent amount. Then you go to the next book. And so when you answer a question, you have to look at the basic parameters. Right? And you just give that. Let that settle into the person's brain. Once it's fully settled, you can add to it later on. Like we do took the abortion question what's the ruling on abortion haram with exceptions there are exceptions to everything but the default ruling is haram but there are exceptions what's the exceptions all right before 40 days all right what else before 120 days it's, it could be sinful but it won't be killing if the and, and any time if the mother's life is in danger and you slowly add layers like that how does that sound does that make sense yeah here sadi jami if they be if they hypothetically exist would it be permissible to marry a cat girl we only marry humans, right? Whatever happened to Qairawan Caravan? We took a lot of their products. 
and we sold them. Yeah. Abdul Malik al Habashi. I understand the Qadianis are kuffar. Yeah, Zindiq. Zindiq is a type of kafir. Omar ibn Khattab did prevent Sharif Antoya. He prevented Sahaba from marrying Kitabi women when they conquered a place. Not out of prohibition, but uh, of the marriage itself. It's a valid marriage, but that the Arab women were not getting married. All the soldiers are abroad now, marrying from abroad. He wanted the Arab women to be taken care of. Hmm. Is the Ahmadiyya Qadiyaniya Zindiq? Yes, 100%. And Zindiq is a type of kafir. It's just a specific type. We're not here trying to pick fights, but we have to clarify our deen because we care about it. Right? We care about what Allah wants from us, what He doesn't want from us. And we're not here to, to create some kind of extremist operation because they try to link it that if you say the word kafir or you excommunicate somebody or you say that someone's not part of the ummah uh, or not part of Islam, that you're, that's going to lead to terrorism. Really? So are you telling me that every Jew must be a terrorist? Right? Because we're all Gentiles to them. Right? Aren't, aren't we kuffar to the Jews? Aren't we innovators to the Shia? But why is it that it's only the takfir or, or putting the boundaries in Islam that leads to terrorism? In the sunnah that leads to terrorism? No. We're simply putting the boundaries of our faith because we care about our faith. Okay? I'm sure if you go to any um, entity, anything people are doing, they put the boundaries. That this is what it is and this is what it isn't. Okay? You, you, in a game, this white line is a three-pointer. Inside is a two-pointer. And then they'll argue over the minutia. Was the sneaker on the line or was it not? Nets fans are still saying Kevin Durant's foot was, was not on the line last year. Ahmad Janjua. Allah Adam, but I think that doubt does not invalidate worship. Which doubt? Doubt about the validity of it? Yes, that invalidates it. We don't fast on the day of doubt. Why? Because when you fast on Ramadan... When you do any obligation, you must be certain of the obligation. If it's a nafila, you don't have to be certain. So the person so, asked, if they did, yeah. If you fast and saying, maybe it's Ramadan, maybe not, let me just fast. It doesn't count. You have to make that day up. If it turned out to be Ramadan, you have to make that day up. But sunnah, tahajjud. I don't know if it's the last third of the night. Maybe fajr is in. doesn't matter. I could do tahajjud. This is sunnah. It's valid either way. But the Sfard, you have to be absolutely certain that it's in. Muhammad Azagbi. See, where was he in Ramadan? Did we see him? Yeah, he was, he was around in Ramadan. Yeah, we saw him. How can I tell whether we can take rulings from a sheikh, especially the number of online sheikhs nowadays? Uh, we answered that question already, right? Sarah says, is it haram to attend a university that requires me to, make some, uh, to take some Christian classes, although my profession is in medicine? No, you can take the classes. But you don't just take a... Uh, and I say that because I don't believe that Christian classes will give doubt to a Muslim. Whereas philosophy classes may give doubt to a Muslim. You have to be really trained in logic before you take these philosophy classes. But I think that a Muslim will be less affected by taking Christianity class. And if it's just a matter of knowing what the religion is, that's allowed. As long as you're not going to be affected by it. If, you're, if they're going to tell you to profess some faith, then that's different. Then you're not allowed to do that, which I don't think they're going to do. I'm not here 9-11 says, I would like to further add reason why I'm asking for a good introductory to Kalam text. is not just to answer, um, but to prove the fallacy of the heresy. Proving fallacy of disbelief is more rooted in logic 
than anything else. So learn epistemology. The books of Kalam will teach you that. So get a bunch of books of Kalam and read them thoroughly. Okay. Ali says, my wife did not fast Ramadan because she was breastfeeding my son. Who is responsible for paying the fidya? Me or my wife? Hmm. It is a responsibility upon her. It's a religious duty upon her to pay that fidya. If she does not have that money, then you pay it for her. Shay K says, How do you distinguish between the difference between doors being closed to turn you away from something and needing patience? and uh, Wait for things to come into place. Excellent question. And the answer is, if your dua is time-bound... Or is it open-ended? So for example, I want to do X, but no avenues to do X has opened up. But doing X is not time-bound. X is possible this year, next year, and for the next 50 years. Unlike, for example, I want to do Hajj this year. Right? Inshallah. That door could be closed this year because the the time of Hajj will come. Then you could say, it didn't open up this year. Or I want someone to stay alive. I want my grandma to stay alive. Oh, Allah give her shifa. Then she dies. Then you know that that dua is answered in a different way. Than, it was not answered in the way that you wanted it. It will be answered to you in the form of reward or something else. That's the only difference. So if the ghaya, the ghaya is the thing that you're seeking, is time-bound or is it open-ended? If it's time-bound, then it just hasn't happened yet. It could still happen in the future. Okay? Make sense? Sadi Jami, we answered that. He asked about a cat girl. Adnan Auda says, if you can open the link, check out the tweet from Elon Musk. I saw that. Yeah, the, uh, Elon Musk basically, someone said to him, you know, uh, I invite you to believe in one God. He said, nah, I'd rather go to hell. Most people are going to be in hell anyway. I'll, I'll go to hell. So that's when don't, why should we be bothered then? When so, he wants to go to hell, right? Who else? Were you bothered for Khalas? Oh, why do, why does hell exist? He wants to go to hell. He's telling you. Okay. Oh. Shaykh's answer, we just answered Shaykh's question. MK now. A lot of K's today. What is the difference between worshiping your desires and committing sins? Worshiping desires means that you believe your desires is the truth. We're going to make a law based on our desires. We're going to define reality based on our desires. So because I want to commit zina, we will say that zina is the way of life, right? That we should support zina. That's, that's the meaning of worshiping our desires. Committing zina, knowing it's wrong, is a sin. That's the difference, right? I want to commit zina, I'm going to uh, find a fatwa allowing me to do a mut'a marriage. Okay, or fake marriage, or an invalid marriage. That is a close to worshiping my desires, because my desires now define my faith. Whereas someone who simply he can't control his desires, that's the type of person who is just a sin, sinful. Ahmad Janjua says, "I think you said you can't mix fard with sunnah, with the exception to be that a fard salah, for example." If you join the jama'ah, and that would also count as tahiyyat al-masjid. 
yeah, that's not mixing fard with sunnah, but it's that more that tahiyat in masjid is fulfilled by either fard or sunnah. You're not mixing fard and sunnah. Tahiyat in masjid, the two rakahs of entering a mosque, the greeting of the mosque is fulfilled by a fard or a sunnah. So it's not combination. What is the difference between making dua for what we wish and accept our qadr? Accepting your qadr is for the present, dua is for the future. That's the difference. I'm always happy with my present, but I want something else in the future. I want something more in the future, but I'm happy with my present. Kombucha juice is halal, yes. The scholars drink it. I don't like it, personally, but they do drink it. Tanvir Patel is in Masjid Al-Aqsa, says Salam. Wa'alaikum Salam. And may Allah keep Masjid Al-Aqsa safe and blessed and destroy its enemies. Airbnb says, I once called as Indiq because I, I was once called as Indiq because I said I like Hamza Yusuf videos. A lot of crazy people on the internet. So, what would make the so called Ahmadiyya Zindiq? Their Qadiyaniya believe in another prophet after the Prophet Muhammad. It's known in religion by necessity that there is only one prophet, uh, that there is no more prophets. There's no new prophet after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Okay, so that is ma'lum min al-din bil-darura. So you are a zindiq. Sorry to tell you that. If you are an Qadiani. Am sixty three says, "How does one ask for something through?" We answered that. I hate when I always repeat the question. Nuri Pai says, "So does that mean that if the Sharia treats the transgender as a woman, then she, who's a man, can get married to a man?" confused stay confused that's closer to the fitra right you're supposed to be confused fitra is is like that right so um the answer is believe it or not they said yes um no that's the fatwa i'm just telling you what the fatwa is i'm not saying that that's what we're going to act upon i'm just telling you the fatwa of sheikh al-bulti rahimahullah and also some of other scholars, they did said everything they would apply it as a, as a man. But that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to act upon it. We're just telling you what their fatwa is. And that may be, there's, it's fatwa. Fatwa means it's their recent contemplation of an idea. There could be other ideas. You have to disclose it too, right? Like if somebody... Is you would definitely have to disclose that for sure. Because there's childbirth questions on that. Also comfort. Because that sexual intercourse is, you know... Not to go into that, but it's not going to be the same. There's no natural lubricant being created. It's going to be painful. Has anyone noticed that people with the name Yusuf are usually handsome? I'll, I'll, I'll look around next time. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start paying attention to that. My follow-up question is, Shahida, if I don't remember making up my fast in high school, but my mom and siblings said I did, to be sure, should I calculate and make up the fast anyway? If your parents, if your mom and your siblings are certain and you trust them, you may believe them. If they're, if they're trustworthy, but you still don't believe them because you're, you have wara, then make them up. And pay one fidya per day because more than a year has elapsed from the makeup time. Annie says, I haven't fasted, prayed or paid zakat in the last couple of years. Only now started to. What do I do for the missed fast prayers and zakah? You make up the missed prayers, you estimate, and you do them again. One prayer 
you, you firstly, you, if you don't pray, you start praying five times a day. Once you've, you pray five times a day, and that's like very easy for you, then you start making up your prayers. How? By praying every prayer twice. So you're not going to do any sunnahs. No sunnah, no, no effort. Just pray every prayer twice. Okay? Overestimating the number of years. Let's say, I don't know, maybe it was 10 years. So do 11 years. So if you're fuzzy on 10 years and one month, 10 years and five months, just do 11 years. Cut it, make it easy. Guaranteed. Zakat. Estimate your zakat. Overestimate your zakat. And make a payment plan. You can have a payment plan. You don't have to pay one cash lump sum because you might not have the money. Payment plan of your zakat. Now for your fasts, same thing. Schedule. You have to do all your fasts. But you also owe kafara if you intentionally didn't fast. Kafara is going to be the, co- the price of a f- 60 fidyas. So you want it, that's going to be a lot of money. It's going to be tons of money. It's like buying a car. But this is, you're buying paradise with this money. You want to get the, the kafara in another country because you're not going to be able to afford it in dollars and euros. If you're talking about 10 years, let's say you didn't fast intentionally for 10 years. So you owe 10 years times 30 days is what? 300. Times 60. Okay? Is what? 1,800. Times the price of one kafara. One fidya, I mean. One meal. So, 1,800 already. Let's say, I'm telling you, that if, if you pay it to Egypt, it's $3. Can give a person uh, the fidya. What's the website called, Ron? Mint, could you type it into um, Insta? You have access to Insta here? Could you type it in there? So, so you, you will pay all of that, but you can do it over time. Okay. Try to pay your kafara to a website that pays it to another country so it's a little cheaper. In these cases, like if you're doing, if somebody were to do like an online fidya or kafara, yeah. should you pay like extra just in case like they're not doing it properly? Or do we just like completely go by with what they're saying? You, just, you can pay extra. Kafara or fidya, if you're like fuzzy, like maybe they're going to take an admin fee or something like that, you can pay a little extra if you want. Caitlin says, can we make up the intention to fast three days in hopes that Allah accepts our dua? You can do any act of worship you want and hope that Allah will accept your du'a. Three, one, two, tahajjud, ibadah, anything. What good things can we do to help our du'a get answered when we want? Salah on the Prophet, peace be upon him. Da'wah. Sadaqah. Help other people. Make people happy. Allah will make you happy. Habita Chaudhry. The answer is pertinent, mashallah. How long and how often will we have nothing but facts? Uh, we don't do Fajr session except in Ramadan because people wake up at different times outside Ramadan. But nothing but facts is back on Monday through Thursday. <coughs> nothing but facts, Monday through Thursday. Do you have a schedule up on uh, OBS, right? No, I, I think I missed up. That's okay. Not, uh, nothing but facts is Monday through Thursday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We've been on for two hours. I didn't realize the time flies. All right, let's wrap up then. 
What's the best way to perform wasila of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a dua? It's the way the Prophet taught us to do it. Allahumma inni atawajjahu ilayka bi nabiyika, nabiyar rahmah, Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's the summary from, from that hadith. Oh Allah, I am turning to you by your Prophet. I'm turning to Allah for my needs. With what? Empty-handed? No, by the Prophet What does that mean? By my iman in him, my belief in him, my love in him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma inni, oh Allah, I turn to you by your Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In the same way, if I give sadaqah, I say, oh Allah, I turn to you with this charity. Okay? So that's how you do it. Simple. I turn to you by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Licky TV, I would like to talk about a question one of the brothers asked about cat girls. If they happen to be demi semi human, are they permissible? It's permissible to what? To eat, to lead the prayer, or to marry? None of it. Hanafis answer a question like that. You know the books of the Hanafis, they have these uh, what ifs. Hanafis have this concept of what ifs. Okay. And they have these what ifs. What if a male, a human, and an animal mated and produced? A different creature that talks but is not in the form of a human they did they answered those questions they said that you know you can't eat it it cannot lead the prayer but certain things would be obligatory upon it would have to pray yeah and he, subhanallah ajib stuff that is ajib madiki of course do not answer any such questions we say when it happens we'll answer it Eminem says, I have OCD and waswasa, and I know these whispers do not affect my aqidah and the intentions, nor the reality of the situation, but it causes anxiety. Then it is upon you to seek to ignore them and to do much salah on the Prophet ﷺ spiritually as a spiritual remedy and to seek actual medical attention uh, physically. Because we believe that mental illnesses are physical and spiritual. Sometimes it's hazy in between. Sometimes one affects the other. So take both medications. Take spiritual medication and take actual professional medical help. Nothing wrong with that. Is it bad if our primary motivation, this is esnikasi, our prime motivation to do good deeds is for our dua to be answered. That is excellent. Not good, excellent. You have good, better, and best. Good is I'm only worshipping Allah because I don't want something bad to happen in this life or the next. We say that it's good. Why? Because who, who, who are you believing is your protector? Allah. So that's Iman. What's better? I know that Allah is also generous and He's the only source of good stuff. I'm going to worship Allah because I want good things in this life and the next. Better. Okay. Because now you're believing in more attributes of Allah. That not only He's the protector but He's now generous. Then you will naturally, this is all you have to be natural. You don't force this naturally. You will evolve from that. You'll develop. And you'll say, now I'm going to worship Allah Ta'ala. Or at this moment, I feel I want to worship Allah just because He's worthy of worship. Gratitude and love. Best. All of them are not, it's excellent. All of them are excellent. And they're all Iman. And you will get amazing spiritual results from all of them. Nothing wrong with that at all. 
Honest men, have you experienced any blessing from the reciting continuous salat on the Prophet Yes, me and the people around me because it cools down my temper, right? And it cools down your bad moods and it makes you a pleasant person. Wallahi, it's a complete life changer. It makes you pleasant. It makes you easy. It makes you forgiving. It makes you quick, less to be angry, less envious, less caring about the dunya, less of everything bad. It smoothens your character. Quran strengthens your iman. Billah. And salah on the Prophet smoothens your character. And it makes you happy. It gives you a different sweetness. The Quran is like putting that iman that is not going to be movable after that. The salah on the Prophet smooths your character and gives a sweetness to life. Everything. Next, uh, we'll take a couple more questions. Okay. Um, I don't know if we timestamp today. Right. Did we? Oh, you're timestamping on your phone. Okay, good. Full timestamps on the phone. Uh, what is a zindiq? I said a zindiq is a type of kafir who says he's a Muslim while rejecting what is known in religion by necessity. That which is explicit from the Quran or Hadith and widespread, such as what? Wine is haram. Zina is haram. Pork is haram. They negate those things. Hajj is to Mecca, uh, in Mecca. The Kaaba is in Mecca. Okay. The Quran is complete. There is no other prophet besides Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. After Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, those types of things. Yeah, he says he's a Muslim, but he espouses these other things. Okay, here's Indiq. It's a type of kafir. He's not buried in the Muslim graveyard, and we don't eat their meats. A Sunni Muslim I know married an Aghani Muslim. Aghani Muslim is called a Bahori. AKA, it's a Bahori is a type of Ismaili. Um, the Ismailiya, I believe that they are they are considered the Ismailis are considered uh Zanadiqa. Yes, in Aqidah they have beliefs about the Quran and about other things that render them as Zanadiqa. I actually have a chapter on that in, in the book. And the Bahoris are a branch of the Zanadiq, of the Ismailis that are very religious, but they don't answer to the Aga Khan, but I believe, I'm pretty sure that they do hold those same beliefs that would put them outside of Islam. So, it is Zina. Okay, so they have to deal with that situation. Okay. Sadiq, I'll answer that question afterwards, inshallah. Because it's a long question, we're towards the end now. All right. What kind of trans women are considered a woman in Sharia? This is from Arif Hussein. We're not saying that he's, they're, they're women. We don't say trans women are women. We may say trans women are to be treated as women. Right? If all of the signs of masculinity are removed from that person. No beard. No deep voice. They now have breasts. Okay, they're not going to do much about their hip structure, but they don't have hairs on them. Like, all, they, they've done the surgery. No attribute of a man is on this person. When you look at them, you do not see any attributes of a man. Okay. Then someone comes and says, by the way, this is a trans woman. So we say, okay, trans women are not women, but they will be treated, we will treat them in Islam as a woman. And it's a major sin what they've done. That's Sheikh Saeed Ramadan Bhuti's question and my own teacher, Sheikh Mahmoud Shabib. I want to ask him to publish his fatwa on that. Okay. Joshua from Australia. Wa alaikum 
it's Fajr time over there. Good. So we are continuing the Fajr program, I guess. Ahmed Janjua, I heard the asl for the Rafida is that they are Muslim. So the Shia, no, the Shia beliefs would be not Zandaqa but Bid'ah, but only six beliefs of the Shia, if they hold them, would make them Zandiq, such as their beliefs about Sayyidah Aisha, which the Quran negates. Their beliefs that Abu Bakr is not a Sahabi, which the Quran negates. Their belief that um, the Quran came down on Sayyidina Muhammad by incorrectly, it should have been Sayyidina Ali. There are six, and I also outline them in the book. That would make the person a kafir, a zindiq, which is a type of kafir. Aisha Mukhtar, you're very welcome, and it's a pleasure to be doing this with everyone. We went two hours without even feeling it more than that. How do you deal with someone? Last question. How do you deal with someone? Close, who always wants to vent and get angry when you give them advice. I would no longer give them advice. You're just like poking a bear. No point. Okay. Sign that Allah is steering you in a dua. It's been a constant dua every 20-30 minutes on top of the known times of acceptance. The sign, again, don't worry about the action of Allah. That Allah is steering you. You follow the Prophet his command. If you want something, be certain about it. Have Be certain that Allah is going to answer you and don't give it up. That's all you have to worry about. If you hesitate on one of these two things, then you probably don't want it. Right? That's it. Is there a certain number to repeat salawat to get dua accepted? No, but the salawat that we really like to do is a thousand a day. That's the, the way that students do it. It's a thousand a day. The scholars have always talked about one thousand salawat a day. And the least of which... The shortest is Allahumma salli wa sallim And lastly, Anam Jamshayd. I'm new to ArcView. All of our classes are pre-recorded. You can learn so much by going to arcview.org. Okay? Pre-recorded classes. And then we have periods of times in the year where they're live. Okay? She's new to ArcView, she says. Where should I start studying? There's so much there. SubhanAllah. Um, if you're absolutely new to ArcView... Then Tajweed. There's a pre-recorded class on Tajweed. Get your Tajweed down right. right. Get your Tajweed down right. And then I would study, even if you're an adult, Aqidah for Youth by Murad Beg. Okay? Bach, he's Circassian. I would go to Murad Osman's... Uh, sometimes he goes by Murad Osman. Sometimes he goes by Murad Beg. Bach. Go, it's Aqidah for Youth. Go to that. It's under the Fortress of Faith classes. But I would start with Tajweed. How to read the Qur'an properly. Know those rules. I would start with that. Because you're really going to try to read the Qur'an and then go to your local person in your community. Okay? Go to a local and recite to them the Qur'an. Alright? Don't only be online. Just because we're taking classes online does not mean we're encouraging... Not to go on site. Go to your local imam masjid and ask if there's a woman tajweed teacher and recite to her the Quran. If there isn't, we'll get you someone on the phone. Call us. We'll get you someone on the phone to recite to. Sumaya will do it. Sister Sumaya will do it. She'll, she'll recite to her on the phone or on Zoom. She'll do it for you. We also have the live classes are starting up again soon. All right, folks. Thank you so much. Um, M. Hassan Mazhar, the ruling on istighatha, calling directly from help from the Prophet peace be upon him it is permitted by 
by qiyas, the, the, what is permitted for sure is istighatha with the phrase ibad Allah, intending the angels, because there's hadith on that. Um, uh, uh, there's hadith on that. Uh, they're all weak, but they gather to be sound in their meaning, because there's many. But by qiyas, the istighatha with the awliya of Allah and the prophets of Allah is by qiyas. So that's permissible based upon qiyas. Uh, how is a man no how well Osman no we're not saying transgender is allowed we're saying that we may treat a person as the gender that they look like we may treat them that way while affirming that is a major sin what they've done and it could be even delusion and mental illness as well right but uh, what they've done will force us to treat them differently we're not saying it's allowed A lot of other questions here. All right, we can't take them all today. Well, let's take uh, questions again tomorrow and be, inshallah ta'ala throughout the rest of the week. Remember, we're on Monday through Thursday. Nothing but facts, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Jazakumullahu khairan. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk wal asr. إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته